0: And welcome to the first Dawn Chorus of 2024. I'm Bernard Hickey. It is Monday, the 8th of January. I'm going to file a few of these Dawn Chorus items uh, in the next week or so before I start full production again on January the 15th, just in part to um, keep something fresh in front of subscribers, but also there's a couple of things that have cropped up that I have some. Uh, thoughts on and I think are worth uh, noting, Uh, um, sometimes news flies past in that silly season in and around Christmas, New Year and it's worth documenting. In particular around migration and the story I wanted to focus on today involves a, a temporary migrant worker from the Philippines called Noland Just over 10 years ago, uh, he came to the Waikato and started work for a farming family in Matamata on a dairy farm. The farming family, the Stevens family, um, worked with uh, Noland Kenny and uh, he eventually uh, formed a family there and uh, has had three children. Those three children have gone through the school system in Tokoroa but he was on a temporary work visa. This is um, quite familiar uh, with so-called skilled work visas. Um, They're now accredited employer work visas. And the aim of these visas is to, in theory, fill a temporary labour shortage. And then whoever has filled that shortage can then go home. Typically, it used to be within three years. Uh, under the previous national government in 2016, there were real um, concerns about uh, population growth from migration and an attempt to actually force people home after three years. But what often happens is that those people who are here on temporary work visas who are doing great work, um, their employers apply on their behalf uh, or at least back an application for residency. and. Uh, Then there's an interesting debate about whether this skill is permanent, whether there's uh, someone else who can do the same job uh, locally, and whether someone should be given given residency. And what often happens is that the residency is rolled over. So you're on a temporary work visa. And this particular case where someone's been on a a visa for 10 years is not unusual. You see quite a bit of it in aged care and also in daring, where people are essentially in limbo. Because remember, when you're on a temporary work visa, you don't have access to the public health system. You don't have access to the welfare system. So in terms of unemployment you know, benefit, sickness benefit uh, and uh, those other services which um, residents and citizens take for granted. So in effect, they are second class citizens. They are... Um, in a a particularly depowered work situation in that their visa is often tied to one particular employer and they are um, in a a limbo a type of no man's land where they're constantly applying for residency and uh, trying to keep their visa rolling while having a life and often connecting into communities so over that 10 years Nolan Kinney and his family And his three kids have gone through schools, made connections, obviously closely involved with the the family, the Stevens family, who have applied repeatedly to try to get residency for Nolan Kinney, who's now uh, at the age of 53. Now, he he went to the doctor uh, last year and discovered that um, he has some kidney issues that might require uh, regular transfusion in a hospital. Immigration New Zealand discovered this, um, in part because he was continuing to apply for residency and you have to detail your medical situation, because uh, Immigration New Zealand doesn't want to give residency to someone who's about to cost the health system a lot of money. Just stepping back and, and wondering, why is this the case? Why have we developed a migration system so heavily reliant on temporary work visas? And what does it mean for how we run our society, how humane we are, um, whether we're doing the right things, not just for in a, in a humane sense, but also in an economic sense. Because remember, the Stevens family have been running their farm and now have um, this family living on the farm and working there, obviously very productively. Um, Stevens family are desperate to keep uh, Nolan Kenny not just because um, they'd struggle to find a replacement but of course he's built up all sorts of skills and connections and experience which um, incredibly useful and apart from anything else he's contributed an awful lot of tax over the years but does not have the right to for example uh, send his kids to tertiary education without paying higher fees and also um not not having access easy access to uh, our health services and continually living under this uh, um this axe if you if you like of um being forced to leave and go back to the philippines where obviously the the same work opportunities are not there um the family connections may not be as strong and um there may not be housing uh uh, although often housing getting housing in New Zealand is not easy either. So uh, the reason I'm going into the background for this is that in October, uh, Corazon Miller at One News reported on Nolan Kinney's situation where uh, Immigration New Zealand was considering not rolling the immigration, um, the residency visa, the not rolling the temporary work visa again. And two days after Christmas, a letter arrives from Immigration New Zealand, which Corazon Miller has reported on again on Friday, two days after Christmas, Immigration New Zealand says, right, that's it. Um, You have to leave uh, within six months because we don't want to have to pay for your potential kidney treatment. Now, there's debate about whether the treatment is required. Uh, Immigration New Zealand's taking a particularly conservative approach on this, and it just illustrates the problems we have where our migration system, our political economy around population growth and infrastructure spending, it's really based on the delusion that we think um, we're filling temporary work, fee, t- temporary uh, uh, labor shortages with temporary workers and they'll go home after six, 12 months, a couple of years at most. Whereas in reality, these shortages are structural and um, for all sorts of good and bad reasons, And what it means is that we end up um, treating people awfully when they do have problems. Um, For those of you who have been listening regularly, one case I have cited repeatedly is that of Jeffrey Santos, a construction worker who had lived in New Zealand for six years up until the lockdowns in 2020. He was working in Queenstown but living in Cromwell um, outside of the Queenstown Lakes District Council. And during the lockdown, of course, those people on temporary work visas, and remember he'd been rolling for six years, those on temporary work visas were uh, um, not eligible for welfare or any help. Uh, He quickly ran out of money, he and his family, he was there with his wife Marjorie. Uh, who's now working as a nurse at Dunstan Hospital. Uh, I've sort of given away the ending here, but um, a nurse um, and previously had worked as a hairdresser. Uh, He works um, directing crane movements on construction sites. And his son, uh, James, uh, goes to the Cromwell Primary School. Now, in the lockdowns, the Queenstown Lakes District Council uh, intervened in a very uh, good and humane way to offer grocery vouchers to those temporary uh, workers stranded in Queenstown during the lockdowns. And uh, uh, Jeffrey Santos applied for those, not knowing that if you lived outside the Queenstown Lakes District Council borders, you were not eligible for the vouchers. He applied, I was told he wasn't eligible, and... Um, came back a few weeks later and uh, gave a false address because he was desperate for the vouchers. In the end, he accepted $1,600 worth of vouchers. Within a few weeks, the lockdowns finished. He was back at work and earning money and didn't need them anymore. Lo and behold, uh, in 2020 and 2021, Immigration New Zealand discovered the uh, false declaration and prosecuted him for fraud in the Clutha District Court. And he and his family were ordered to go home and he was due to, uh, after appeals had been rejected, due to go home on Christmas Eve of 2021 at the very last minute after the intervention of uh, MPs, including uh, Green MP uh, Ricardo uh, Menendez. And... Ricardo Menendez March, uh, he uh, was given a reprieve and a 12-month uh, visa uh, to stay in New Zealand for another 12 months. That was in December of 2021, which I'll um, I'll look to find out what's actually happened in the end there. There's another case, and I'm sure there are many others, where uh, thousands of people are forced to leave um, even though they're still contributing and are certainly connecting into the communities. And it's just plain wrong to, pe- to have people stuck on rolling visas for years and years and years. Uh, not only does it allow us to continue a delusion that our population growth is uh, very fast at the moment, but it's only a temporary thing and we, therefore we don't we need to invest for it. But also it's just, um, just awful. So um, what would you need to do? So, for example, at the moment, our uh, governmental system, councils, infrastructure, planners, government, treasury, all essentially use a population growth assumption, projection of anywhere between 0 and 0.5% per year in the long run. Assuming, of course, that these temporary uh, work shortages are only temporary and that um, the people who are here on temporary visas, therefore don't need all the infrastructure that a full resident would require, even though they're here using the school health transport um, housing water systems uh, um, simply because they're on a temporary work visa doesn't mean that they don't need to travel to work or drive a car or live in a house or um, go to the toilet so uh, uh, um, this needs to um, accept what's actually happening which is that for the last 20 years our population has grown one and a half to two percent not 0.5 percent And um, it has uh, perpetuated a $100 billion infrastructure deficit. It's done because both sides of politics uh, prefer to uh, live in the delusion that we don't need to invest heavily for population growth because we don't actually have it when we actually do, or that we're not going to have it in the future. And the current state of play is that after um, record net migration by the end of the year, the new government has said they will uh, review uh, the population growth. This is despite um, campaigning for looser migration settings during the election. And uh, it is uh, an interesting thing that I'll try to keep an eye on. My view is that um, in tune with the Kaka project, there should be a proper debate about what our population growth is actually going to be. Uh, agree on an um, in a bipartisan way what it should be. In my view, it should be to acknowledge the fact of it, which is that for whatever reason, employers here are very keen on temporary uh, workers, or at least uh, um, workers who can fill, fill the jobs, and many would like to keep them permanently. And um, that requires a revisit of our temporary work visa settings and an acknowledgement that a lot of people who come here will stay and will want to stay and will be supported in their staying and will need to be built for. So um, both parties would need to acknowledge one5 to 2% and then make the difficult decisions about how to fund that growth because it obviously means uh, higher taxes, higher public debt, congestion charges, um, water charges, all of the things you need to do to um, fund that infrastructure growth properly. So uh, let's hope that um, the delusion can be ended and a proper discussion had to avoid these sorts of situations happening again in the future. I'm Bernard Hickey, that was a dawn chorus, an occasional one, uh, before we restart um, full full noise uh, on Monday, January the 15th. Kakite anō. Thank you again to paying subscribers to the Kaka for support and allowing me to continue to do this sort of public interest journalism on issues around housing, climate and poverty, in which population growth and uh, unfunded population growth is one of the major issues we, we have. Thank you.